with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Building about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. <laughs> Daryl Amy here today with Larry. What's going on, Larry? You know what? I'm going to flip that back to you because I noticed that nice green selling from the heart pullover. Uh, you you look must at, be colorblind. This is very gray. We're styling today. Thank you, Larry, for shipping that out to me. And I noticed during the uh, 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge that uh, that you had some of the company swag that you were hoarding. And so thanks for sharing some yeah. of that with me. Hey, welcome. Hey, hey, Carol, to- I, had to be on, I had to be the first one to wear it. That's why I you now are just getting it. So sorry, man. Well, I feel like I'm finally caught up to the times. And uh, <laughs> speaking of the Authentic Selling Challenge, uh, what a great time we had earlier this month uh, with uh, 10 days of just incredible encouragement, inspiration, ideas. Uh, Larry, that challenge was a blast. And it's so exciting now to see many of the folks from the Authentic Selling Challenge have raised their hands and said, yeah, you know what? I'm in. I'm all in on authenticity. We're taking a 90-day journey together. We're calling it the 90-day authentic selling intensive. It actually kicks off like right now. It's not too late to get involved. And I'm so excited about this journey we're going to be taking together and all the folks that are coming along for it. And uh, well, we sure, if you're listening into the podcast today, we'd welcome you to join us. Yeah, it goes all the way back to what Meredith said, what Meredith Elliott Powell spoke about towards the end of the Authentic Selling Challenge when she started talking about thriving in uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, this is the time to thrive. And then I'll just layer in the word survive, right? Thrive and survive as we push forward is, and, and the best way to do it is, and I've always gone back to this and I will forever today, is we must double down on ourselves. Absolutely. And so if you want to join us in that journey, invest in yourself, invest in new ways to build authentic relationship, communicate authentic value, do the deep work that, as we talked about in the challenge, the public transformation that precedes, uh, that precedes the personal transformation that precedes public victory. We'd like to invite you along in that journey. And you can learn more at intensive.2021authenticselling.com or just text the word heart to 21,000 and we'll hook you up with some information. And all along that journey, one of the, the partners that has been so encouraging and helpful to us has been our friends over at BombBomb. Uh, we want to thank BombBomb for everything that they're doing to be champions for authenticity and equipping us with incredible tools to be able to communicate with our clients, our prospects, and our friends. And I just absolutely love what's going on at BombBomb right now. Yeah, it, what a way to cap off the challenge with Steve Passanelli talking about how to leverage video and, and integrate video into the sales process. I mean, that was an MBA, Daryl, in a box for 30 yeah, minutes. It really was. So definitely go check that out. You can find that on our YouTube page, uh, Rehumanizing the Sales Process, the Psychology of Video. It was fantastic. And as we start today, we've got a brief word from our friend Ethan at BombBomb. Check it out. To sell from the heart is 
to rehumanize your business. Hi, my name is Ethan Butte, and along with my good friend Steve Passanelli, I co-authored Rehumanize Your Business. And when Larry and Daryl were kind enough to host me on the Selling from the Heart podcast to talk about Rehumanize, we were instantly connected. And it's because we have something very important in common, and I probably have it in common with you too, and that is a strong, strong preference for authenticity honesty and sincerity throughout the sales process. Not just hitting the number, but hitting the number in the right way, in a way that we can be proud of and in a way that makes our customers want to come back again and come back for more and come back with a friend or a referral or a recommendation as well, right? We want to sell from the heart and something that can help you do that, something that can help you connect and communicate with people in a way that allows them to feel your sincerity is bomb bomb. BombBomb allows you to reach out with videos instead of faceless digital communication. Simple webcam and smartphone videos in emails, in LinkedIn messages, in Slack messages, in text messages from Salesforce, from BombBomb, from Gmail, from our mobile app. So many different ways to do it. And it's all available to you. Two weeks, no credit card information required, absolutely free at BombBomb.com heart. That's B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. I know you'll enjoy it. And more importantly, I know that the people you reach out to will enjoy it as well. Try it free today. Yeah, what a generous offer. Offer. Thank you, uh, Ethan. Thank you to our friends at BombBomb. And what a great way to communicate. And, uh, you know, when it comes to communication, sometimes we need to know what to say and what not to say. And Larry, (laughs) we've got someone in the house today who is going to tell us exactly what to say. So why don't you introduce our friend, Phil, and, and let's welcome to the show and dive in. That, that was, that was a great, Hey Phil, that was a, that was hey. a great way to segue in. But I remember the first time I heard Phil speak and I, I took pages of notes and I go, I got to integrate some of this right away. And it actually does work. And, uh, exactly what to say has been an amazing book. It's kind of been a Bible sitting on my desk. And we just couldn't wait to have Phil come on the podcast. So without further ado, Phil M. Jones, you're on Selling from the Heart. Welcome. Pleasure to be here, Larry. Thank you for inviting me to the show. This is going to be a fun conversation today. But you know the question that every guest on Selling from the Heart gets. But I'm going to uh, rephrase it a little bit, (laughs) Phil. Would you be open-minded to answering the question, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? That's good, Daryl. It, it, it was actually an eight out of 10 in terms of application for the magic words. And we can look back to that. Talk the <laughs> That's so why I, you're here. There is, there is mileage to be able to go. Yet if the question to me is, what does it mean to sell from the heart? I, I think the most important ingredient that exists in, in heartfelt selling, whether that's leading your people or leading people to make a decision to choose you is integrity. Hmm. It comes down to, are you prepared to be there to support your promise long after your promise was made? And I think that's the part that's missing is can you back up your words on the day that they signed the purchase agreement, committed the cash, wiped their credit card, the months, uh, years past that point in time, do you still stand up for the fact that the decision that was made on the day was the right decision for them and therefore for you? And I think it's that removal of self from, uh, from being the primary winner. And selling from the heart means that when you win, that only happened as a byproduct of the success that you helped others achieve or the um, kind of kind of the access to success that you made available for other people. And it's, it's, and thanks for bringing up the word integrity, Phil, because uh, 
we go back to a mutual friend of ours, Mark Hunter, and, and he talks about integrity all the time. And yeah. he ties in integrity and trust. And I believe those are the two things that are sorely lacking from the sales world is integrity and trust. Does the walk match the talk? And I get this all the time in my world is, is you know, I've been lucky enough to, to produce a book that's now um, sold over a million copies around the world. It's done remarkably well. And the downside of, of having that much exposure and that much access is that not everybody likes your work. So I have more one-star reviews than some people have positive reviews just based in the, in the masses of things. And what's interesting is the majority of people that have decided to rate my work with one star it's because they've decided that the tools inside of exactly what to say are used for manipulation. Mm. And in my mind, I think it's important to define the difference between manipulation and persuasion is in fact integrity. Integrity is the difference between those two things. So when somebody says that this is one star and these are manipulation techniques, boom, 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 uh, you just told me how you would use them. Mm. It's more about the person than it does about the method. And I think with anything that is a tool for influence, a tool for persuasion, we have to think back to what the great Peter Parker once said, which was with great power comes great responsibility. And that same thing is true with the tools of persuasion. And that's why I think that integrity gap is what's important to sell from the heart, is you have to be prepared to back up your promise long after you made your promise. So good. Yeah, I really like this, and I love that differentiation between uh, manipulation and persuasion, and and it's the integrity behind it. And you know, we talked, we spent the first part of this month in the Authentic Selling Challenge talking about authenticity. And I think sometimes, you know, when we say authenticity, we think, oh, that just means I'm going to share stream of consciousness out of my heart, <laughs> you know, and whatever authentically comes to me. But the reality is there is an art to conversation. There's an art to inviting people into a conversation. There's a way to say things that gets people to open up. And there's a way to say things that shuts things down. And this is why I love uh, I love your book. I read it years ago and I opened up again today. And I realized that so many of these phrases have become part of my DNA. And they're actually not manipulation. They're a skill set to begin conversation so that I actually engage with other human beings. And um, first of all, I just want to say thank you uh, because I realize today how much your work has influenced my life and my ability to invite people into conversation. But here's where I'm going with this is I really believe uh, that what, what you have brought to my mind is the reality that conversational skills are developed and learned. We don't just like naturally become great at driving and guiding meaningful conversation. Would you agree? And I ask, I ask a closed-ended question for an interview, which I'm going to get busted for. And the reason I think that people find it so difficult and such a difficult skill to learn is because they spend most of their life in conversation inside their own head. Yep. They're not listening to the other person. They're worrying yeah. about how they're being judged. They're worrying about how they're coming across. They're worried about the mistakes that they're making. So they're not actually in the moment that they're in. There's somewhere else in that moment in time. So they create a natural anxiety mm -hmm. in their own self-centered approach that means that they can't show up for the moment. They can't be in the room where it happened because they're actually in a different room in their head. So I think that's what's missing from a lot of people about having attractive conversation. Then let's add to this another thing is people are scared of asking for things because they're fearful that asking means pushy. 
and pushy is a thing that an average salesperson wants to be. We then watched all the movies like Glengarry Glen Ross, or we've seen The Wolf of Wall Street, and we've talked about things like Always Be Closing, which is great for Hollywood, but it right. isn't great for the way that we operate now in a modern society. Great, mm -hmm. we can get people whooping and hollering in a moment, and ah, that's not the real world. And what happens is, is that, that people think they always need to be closing. They think that what they always need to be doing is steering something down a funnel towards their own predetermined agenda. And they forget that actually success in conversation is about the dance. It's not about black and white. It's not about always being closing. It's about being prepared to lead the dance, but still knowing it's a dance and keeping it in the game. In fact, we're not looking for black and white. Let's spend as much time in shades of gray as possible and let the other person decide whether it's black or white. Not feel forced in it allow them to play in the gray space. And that is the delight of a conversation. And the greatest sales professionals on the planet know how to lead the dance. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, you know, because I'm a big believer that you're going to get really great answers from somebody when you get below the surface and that, you know, call it the gray matter. But those are those are when you can get somebody to stop and think. And the only way that you're going to get somebody as a sales professional to stop and think is you have to take it below the surface, just the phrase I use. But unfortunately, Phil, most salespeople, maybe it's the lack of confidence or the fear or they get stuck in their head. They ask the same generic questions. They get the same responses as you opposed to stopping to think. You mean most people, right? Yeah. We'll do this. And, and, and we see it in day-to-day -day life, right? How many of us have received emails through this year? Like, hey, how's the year starting out for you? Or hey, happy new year, how you been, how you're holding up, like like all this useless small talk that has just become monotonous has meant that what we do is we believe that nobody cares. Mm. Because the exchange is always lacking integrity even from the get-go, because nobody mm. knows a better way of being able to do it. I want to catch something as well in the nuance of language. Daryl utilized a sequence of words on me a second ago that was lifted from my book, which is about the principle that the whole world likes to see themselves as open-minded. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take the fact that the whole world likes to see themselves as open-minded, add another principle to it that it's the person who's asking the questions that's in control of the conversation. Daryl stuck those two things together and asked me, would I be open-minded to? Right? That's where that example came from. Mm -hmm. Let's just catch, though, what happens is when you say, would you be open-minded to, then that actually puts an immense amount of pressure on the other person because they're feeling marginally manipulated. Because we know the answer to this is obviously yes, but the directness of the question of would you means that I feel like I'm being boxed into a corner. Watch how a subtle nuance and change can now make it softer. Hmm. If the question was asked as how open-minded would you be to, hmm. leaving enough gray for me to lean in and say, of course I'd be open-minded, Watch how all of a sudden now there's less friction in the conversation towards where it's going. And it doesn't mean that what you did was wrong. It just means that what we should be looking mm -hmm. to understand and explore is friction in conversation. If this was a marketing conversation and we were looking at somebody's lead gen through to close on a series of web pages, mm -hmm. we'd be looking at where we lose momentum, where we hit friction in the sales process. The same is true in conversation. And the second you hit a piece of friction, that either makes you second guess, think twice, or takes you somewhere else, boom, we just lost opportunity. Wow. I yeah. love the intentionality behind all of this. And, and I think it is so, you know, it, it's so, it's interesting to me to think about our sales profession and we spend our entire day driving conversations. 
Um, and we, we are, our goal is uh, persuasion um, inside all of that. And yet how much time do we actually spend thinking about the art of conversation and specifically about the art of questioning? And this, I think this is something that um, we should be investing a lot of time and energy in for sure. I'm just sorry. I'm having a moment, Phil. And uh, I, I just love the love the, the the nuance in terms of thinking about the words that come out of our mouth and whether they advance, um, make people comfortable, or or cause friction. What's another great example of of how we inadvertently introduce friction into sales conversations? Well, the how are you question is a classic example <laughs> because how do you answer that question? <laughs> Just think of it for a second. It's like you meet somebody that you haven't met for a long time and they say, how hot, hey, how are you? Like, what are you supposed to say? Right. Well, it's, why, it's Phil. It's why most people say, I'm just fine, because they really don't want to say exactly yeah, how they I'm good. I'm awesome. Or like they're just some form of flippant statement that shuts the whole thing down. We right. learned nothing. We had an opportunity to be able to get closer to somebody, and we completely waste it. Because mm. what we do is we create friction. Can you imagine if somebody answered that question with authenticity? <laughs> right. Hey, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? Really know? Under the weather tonight, I couldn't sleep right because I ate this spicy food. And, and and being as you show so much interest, I've got some things going on at home. I'd love to be able to unpack with you. I'm struggling <laughs> with my kids. And like like that 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 was the question you asked, right? So sometimes you've got to be prepared to deal with the answer you might get from the question. Mm-hmm. And where you're better off starting a small talk conversation is in a place that everybody is comfortable, which is always with something that you both have in common, mm -hmm. yeah. which is typically the exact location where you're at that moment in time. See, if me and you, say Larry, met today here on this environment, and I see that you've got the bomb bomb logo up on the top-hand corner, and I started the small talk along the guise of, oh, I see you've been using bomb bomb, how have you been finding it? that place to start a conversation would be safer, more comfortable, more fitting, more meaningful for both of us. It could go backwards and forwards a few times like a game of tennis before we get into the real thing. I could say to Daryl, look, um, you know, I'm thinking about getting some branded merchandise around some of our slogans and some of the other branded assets that we're looking for. I see that you've managed to get yourself a stellar little gray zip up here. Where did you get that from? Just call Larry. <laughs> but yeah, that's great. I love this. The safe place to start is just taking something that you know we both have in common and mm -hmm. making that a safe space to say, well, let's find out things from here. And we get to be able to just commence the dance. This is just chest tapping our feet on the sidelines to the same rhythm for a second before we take this to the dance floor. And this is where people just miss that point. And yes, they think to it. Yeah, sorry, but I think it goes back to even being cognizant in the moment, right? And it's how we connect and relate. And and it's quite simple. You know, you 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 quickly just use the examples of the bomb bomb. You know, you notice the bomb bomb and and Daryl's gray pullover. But it's again, you are cognizant of the moment, and it's mm -hmm. how you can connect and relate to us. It's just real simple things that I think a lot of people just in general overcomplicate. With every complex conversation, there are three critical ingredients that are essential. 
And this is whether you're looking to sell something, whether you're looking to retain a client, whether you're looking to have a complex conversation with your boss, whether you're looking to be able to negotiate a scenario with a family member. The same three ingredients are required in this precise order as well. And the first ingredient we need is one of curiosity. Should always be the starting point for every important conversation is to stay curious as long as possible. And here's why. Is you and everybody else listening into this right now has tremendous content. Some of the most valuable content that could exist in the land is what people hold in their possession and their expertise. Yet your content without context is merely noise. And the world is already noisy enough. So if you are curious for long enough to understand the other person's context, then you have the ability to later insert your content into that unique context in a way that it is easier to be able to apply. So you start curious. Once you've been curious, the second ingredient is empathy. Sequence of words that again is thrown around like confetti in the modern world as people are using a word yet very few people understand what it really means. And the best definition I've ever heard for the word empathy comes from a speaker, author friend of ours called John Acuff. And John Acuff describes empathy as caring about what the people you care about care about. Yep. Such a profound way of thinking about empathy. Mm -hmm. And it means that, to quote Dale Carnegie, you need to be able to talk about their interest and not yours, which means you need to be able to see the world through their eyes, which means you need to be able to move your vantage point. And if you're curious for long enough to reach a position of empathy, then you trigger trust. Now, that isn't the missing ingredient. That's the vantage point. The third missing ingredient that is essential for any complex conversation is one of courage. Mm. And I'm not talking jump out of an aeroplane courage or climb a mountain courage or go to war courage. I'm talking about the courage to just ask. Yet we knew we needed to ask. Trouble is, if you just ask for the thing you want in life without being curious for long enough first and having the empathy to see the world through the other person's eyes, you are pushing. Yet what happens is when you're curious for long enough and then you reach a position of empathy and then you ask, you are now pulling. And that's the goal for us to be able to get to. So the longer you remain curious, the more likely you are to reach empathy. And only then have you earned the right to be able to truly ask. And a dictionary definition of what selling is, in my mind, is earning the right to make a recommendation. What that means is you should never, ever, 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 ever invite anybody to do anything unless you can say these words first and the words you want to say first are the words because of the fact that you said. Because of the fact that you said blank, blank and blank, it's for those reasons what I'd recommend is blank, blank and blank. Mm. Now all of a sudden you're selling from the heart because you've done the work and it isn't about just saying those words, it's about doing the work to put yourself into a position for you to be able to say those words. I, I so like, you know, earn the right and it's almost even as earn the right to continue the conversation. Right. And it's, and it's just being, it goes back to, I like the pushing and the pulling aspect of the whole conversation. But it, again, it's that I love how the angle you put this with Phil is the curious, the empathy and the courage. I get, and, invited, and I get invited into a lot of organizations that do two things. One is to help them master their sales pitch. And two is to help them overcome their objections. And every time I get invited to do those two things, my starting point is that you are asking for the wrong thing. Like I could do those things, but wouldn't it make more sense that we did the work to avoid those objections showing up? Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it 
make sense that instead of pushing a presentation or a pitch on people that we did the work to mean that more people would invite us to deliver a presentation. And people look at me puzzled and confused for some time. And typically it's very uphill to get them to see the light. <laughs> They're like, I was an idiot, wasn't I? And I'm like, oh, you said it. Um... I love it. I love it. I hope everybody listening in knows where the rewind button is on your podcast player because there's so much wisdom. Here. And by the way, and I'd encourage you not to, not to listen to this at two times speed. Listen to it at normal speed. Point <laughs> five. Can you slow it down to half speed? Robot voice. Oh wow! You know we have. I mean, I think it's almost obligatory in the sales world now to ask questions around virtual selling and and the, just the different conversational dynamics now that we're finding most of our conversation across, um, you know, these digital um, platforms and video platforms has what what have you seen that's changed or is or would you say daryl nothing's changed <laughs> to keep you know keep these principles in mind as you go into it how would how would how do you answer that question right now as we're sitting still here in the middle of this virtual mm -hmm. world well everything's changed and nothing is different what do i mean by that is the most critical factor to having success in any sales conversation has nothing to do with the work and everything to do with the work before the work. Mm -hmm. And this is even more heightened in a virtual environment. And the opportunity to research, the opportunity to stand out ahead of time before you get into a moment, 90% of the world is trying to figure out selling by Zoom. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Like that isn't the obstacle. The obstacle is getting into a situation where you have a trusted enough relationship with an individual that they'll meet you for a conversation regardless of platform to help uncover a solution towards a problem that you can mutually agree upon. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't how do you master being able to showcase your slide deck or to deal with a product demonstration utilizing a webcam. It's what are you doing to be able to drive relationships now that the barrier of being able to sit and get drunk with somebody on a bar has been taken from you. And this means that we have to do such a better job in research ahead of time. The world is getting excited about social media reach and new platforms to be able to engage with people and to better utilize things like uh, you know, video or LinkedIn sales navigator or we're adding technology to already a tech fueled environment. And the more I say to people in this environment to succeed in influence from a social distance, which is what I'm calling it, as opposed to virtual selling. Right. From a social distance is, is my phraseology around it. Mm -hmm. and, um, think about how these tools are a tool for research and not reach. Hmm. Like, no joke, if you've got a meeting with somebody next Thursday and you haven't seen what they've been up to on Instagram, followed their LinkedIn profile, sent them a LinkedIn connection request before the meeting that said, I'm looking forward to being able to meet with you and I'm impressed by X, Y, and Z on your profile. If you haven't taken the time to find an article that they've written or an article they haven't written or something about their company, et cetera, don't expect to even get in the meeting, let alone get on the podium. So that stuff is more important than this ever be. There's a challenge that I give everybody to succeed in the virtual sales environment I say, if you can do enough work to get their cell phone number that you can have a conversation with text, you've earned the right to win the business. That's the goal. Get a tech relationship. 
it, 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 what you're saying, Phil, it goes back to Daryl, what Mark Hunter had dropped in on the authentic sales challenge. And Mark said this it was real powerful, ties exactly into what you were saying, Phil. He goes on to say that your reputation arrives well before you do. Right. Think about that layered in what Phil just said. And there's a lot of opportunity out there for sales professionals to stand out. Just think about your reputation arriving at that virtual business table or that virtual conversation before you've ever entered the picture. Well, and also note, though, your reputation has an opportunity to arrive yeah. before you do. Don't even assume that your reputation is going to arrive before you do because mm -hmm. you might have zero reputation which means you're starting from nowhere or worse than nowhere, a pre-perceived idea of what somebody thinks you are. You get a chance to be able to get your resume right up front should you choose to be able to do that work. And think about how I used small talk today because I saw the bomb bomb logo or the logo on Daryl's shirt, et cetera, is what if I'd seen an article that was written by an individual I was meeting with ahead of time and I could ask them a question that was for further exploration of something they wrote about that they cared about. Mm -hmm. Like everybody says they care and very few people show that they care. Mm -hmm. and being a professional in this world says you're prepared to do the work before the work. And there are two questions that I would ask of everybody to ask of themselves before they go into any sales conversation. And one is, what do you know about them? And two is, what might they judge about you? Now, you're in control of both those things. And if you're not confident that you've got enough in your arsenal as to what you know about them, and you haven't considered where any weaknesses or strengths could exist in what might they judge about you, then expect to lose. And this is the modern day equivalent of showing up on time and shining your shoes and, and cutting your fingernails, right? Like, like these standard things that were seen as just table stakes of being a sales professional. Mm -hmm have now just slightly moved to the left or the right, but they're exact same as they were before. It's just proved that you have standards that are good enough to be worthy of the time and attention of a decision maker. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what, a, what an incredible conversation. And uh, I wasn't joking uh, to our listeners to say, you need to find the rewind button on this because there is so <laughs> much good stuff. Uh, we're at, bumping up against the bottom of the hour here. And I just want to say on behalf of the Selling from the Heart community, just thank you. Uh, thank you for investing in us today. Thank you for all the work that uh, you've done and continue to do to help us become excellent at conversation and persuasion. This is this stuff is just fantastic, Phil. My absolute great to be here. No, but we, 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 I just have to ask one more question. Leave us with a couple more, Phil, pearls of wisdom just a couple quick things to kind of put a, an amazing bow on a fantastic conversation okay let me give you two things larry quick question for you first of all if i was with an audience full of people and i asked an audience full, full of people whether they wanted to be good at something do their best at something or just be better at something what do you think most people would pick good better or best better see better is the approach we should be reaching for Yet if I asked an audience of a thousand people, almost everybody says that I want to do my best. And so many salespeople are wired to want to do their best. And I'm here today to say that that is a silly limiting belief. Mm. What we are deciding is that best practice or the best standard is the ceiling that nobody can surpass. 
the reality of it is is that nobody is trying their best nobody is doing their best there is no version of best and if the focus shifts to better and away from best then what happens is you realize after a period of time the better beats best and everybody listening into this right now regardless of how competent you are in your conversations as regardless of how confident you are in your conversations is know that you might not be able to make phil jones best practice as early as tomorrow but you can get better starting right now and that would be where a huge huge focus of mine would be second reminder tiny little thing and this is probably the most profound thing that i want to share with all of your listeners today today and the, the most important thing to share is um um Oh yeah, that's it. When was the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say? <laughs> right? Nicely played. It's in the moment when you're saying it. Yes. And for every salesperson on the planet, I know there are thousands of conversations that are completely unplanned, that you have to be on your toes, that you need to be agile for, and that you cannot prepare for everything. Yet there are also thousands of conversations that are entirely predictable that you can prepare for. And the best of the best of the best get ready, ready, ready. They know exactly what to say, when to say, and how to make more of their conversations count. So thank you. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Phil, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for being a champion for authenticity and just sharing all of that today on Selling from the Heart. Just pure dynamite and keep the faith, keep up the great work. You betcha. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. What an incredible conversation today, Larry. I knew this was going to be pure dynamite. And wow. I I tell you what, I'm going to, I'll have to go back and watch this now with a notepad and take boatloads of notes. I mean, there was nugget after nugget. And and as Phil ended this, you know, between better and best and golden, golden moments. Yeah, what a what a great attitude, and I know I'm I'm personally challenged to uh, pull out my copy of exactly what to say and take <laughs> another deep dive into every chapter of that book because it is it is so practical and so powerful. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this week. We've got so many good things ahead, and I'm really really excited about the 90 day authentic selling intensive, the journey we're going to be going on together. We'd love for you to join us. Text the word HEART to 21000 or go to intensive.2021authenticselling.com. We'd love for you to be a part of it. But otherwise, till next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, get better, know exactly what to say, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.